Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Brewer fans, welcome back to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. Uh, this is Craig, and joining me today is uh, co-host Vince. Vince, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Craig. Good to good to catch up. Always great to talk some baseball. Um, yeah, really, really excited for the baseball season. All right, well, the Brewers, uh, again, just a couple podcasts ago, the Brewers had not signed a free agent a major league free agent as of yet. Um, since that time, uh, the Brewers have signed former Brewer, uh, left-handed pitcher Wade Miley, and now they've signed third baseman Brian Anderson, formerly of the Miami Marlins, 29 years old, right-handed batting. Um, what was your take on uh, this latest move, Vince? Um, you know, for me, um, I guess it's fine. I don't. I don't dislike Anderson or anything, but it doesn't really move the needle. Um, my my concern is, you know, sort of a longstanding concern, and that the Brewers are are not proactively addressing the actual needs on the team. Uh, you know, getting somebody like an Anderson, it's not a bad thing when you've already got a a lineup that's set and you've already got, you know, a bunch of guys that um, can already slide in in places that uh, you don't really need these major upgrades like. But I think that where the Brewers are at offensively, this, this is not a move that we should have been prioritizing. And um, I'm not really sure what our plan is for him. I guess he's going to play third base. I'm Quite frankly, I'd rather have Urias play third. And I guess if Anderson's a, a, a way to solidify the bench a little bit, then so be it. But this would have been this would have been probably the fourth or fifth move um, that I would have made with, you know, the off season and instead it's like our number two major move outside of getting Contreras. So I, I, I don't hate it, but it's not, it's not anything that moves the needle for me. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago when Brian Anderson was just breaking in the league, he had a fairly decent year with the Mar- Marlins. I'm like, Oh, this guy looks like the third base in the future. He's got kind of like him, uh, has some versatility to play corner outfielder too. Um, but since that time, he's really trailed off for various reasons. Obviously, Again, I can't use a pandemic for an excuse for everything, but I mean, in reality, he was went through some injuries for the last couple of years and was never really fully healthy. And but when he was on the yeah. field for the Marlins, yeah. he was really underperforming big time based off of what the potential he showed throughout the minor leagues and through his first year and a half as a Marlin. So again, the Marlins could have, he, he was still arbitration eligible for another year. The Marlins could have simply um, paid him, uh, you know, pick them back up and they literally let him go. So I believe the Brewers signed him probably for a little bit less than what he would have gotten in arbitration, I'm guessing. Um, yep. But with that being said, I mean, it's kind of a telltale sign if the, if the Miami Marlins are cutting a guy who's still arbitration eligible from their 25-man roster. Um, I'm not sure exactly that's a recipe for success. No offense to the Marlins. But, I mean, yeah. I, I guess – what. What is your take on will Brian Anderson be handed the third base job? Will he compete for at bats with the likes of Louis Arias or what's the our well, situation with second base now that Wong is gone? I mean, is Bryce Trang, does this bump Bryce Trang kind of out of the picture for this year, or at least 
uh, bump them to a reserve role or something? Or I guess what's your take on really what this means for the Brewers starting lineup and possibly their uh, their 25 man roster? My take on Urias is, has always been that he is best suited as a utility guy, not because he, he doesn't have talent to play just about every day, but uh, just because he can play multiple positions and there is value to that. So uh, my concern with this move <laughs> is that Anderson's not better than Urias. So I don't think that Anderson should slot as your everyday third baseman ahead of Luis Urias at this point uh, in his career. And um, to me, it still leaves, a hole at third base, or at least it keeps Urias from from being put in the role that I think he's most valuable in. I, I know that you and I might disagree on that, um, but for me, Urias isn't an everyday starting third baseman, but he's a better starting third baseman than Anderson. I think that Urias can play just about every day, but I like that he can slide into shortstop. I like that he can play second base. I like that he can play third base. Um, so that's where I think Urias has the best value, value for me, but um, answer your second base question um i would love to see terang start every day at second base and just see what the kid can do he's already you know performed successfully at, at a ball double a and triple a so i i think that you know you kind of have to give him that opportunity that being said the brewers seem to be in penny pinching mode yet again and i don't know if they're going to want to start his clock yet um this year and he's obviously got options remaining so i i don't know that he's going to be handed the starting job um, and nor should he be. I, I, he would have to earn it out of spring training. But um, I certainly think that he's performed well enough in the minor leagues that, um, you know, he you could make a claim that he should be our starting second baseman. So if, if it were up to me, you'd have Terang starting at second. You'd have um, you'd have Urias uh, as your utility player. You have somebody better than Anderson as your third baseman. But um, since we don't have anyone better, then I, I would much rather see Urias starting at third base and Anderson personally. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with your take mostly on that. Um, I guess we've talked on the side before that. I, I do actually believe Louis Arias has a higher upside than Bryce Trang, uh, but he's obviously not fulfilled that yet at the major league level. Um, Bryce Trang, you know, he he's, I think he could become anything, but I think he's left-hand hitting. He's can play all, you know, third, second shortstop, which is pretty valuable as a utility bench player. With that being said, with the year he had at AAA last year, I think that he probably will deserve a starting gig at some point just to see if he can solidify himself as one. Ideally, if he reaches his ceiling, I think he could be almost like a Ben Zobris type player or, or maybe for old school Brewer fans, like a Billy Spires 2.0 or something like that. But again, I think that's his ultimate ceiling. And I think his floor, unfortunately, is still... Um, a utility player at best. I, I, I hope that, you know, he, he really hits a ceiling on that. So in order for him to do that, I think he'll have to get every day at bats. And I think he's ready for that. But if we were a rebuilding team, like the pirates or A's or even Marlins or something like that, I would think that we should give him those every day at bats. But the fact that we're trying to contend this year, I mean, look, Carbon Burns, Brandon Woodruff. Are we? And, I'm sorry. Are we ahead. trying to, are we trying to contend this season? I didn't realize that from our um, off season, at least. Well, I am. I'm not sure if the Brewers front office is. I just get it. Yeah, sorry. But no, I mean, it, it is really frustrating because we've got this year and next, and with team control over Burns, Woodruff, and Adamas. And in reality, I think we'd be lucky to be able to lock down one of those, even one of those three players for a long term deal and afford them. Uh, 
hopefully two, but I think ideally, probably, I mean, not ideally, but most realistically, probably only one of them. Um, and so to me, your window to contention is this year and next. And if you want to hunt at some point next year, if you're not contending and, and get something for these players that you don't sign long-term, I think that, you know, this should have been the year that we were pushing all of our, our chips to the middle of the table and making a huge run at it. And it's just really frustrating as a Brewer fan. We're not doing that. And I think it's sig it signaled to fans as of the trade deadline last year that we weren't doing that for last year. And we weren't doing that, obviously, for this year by trading Hater. I mean, I think that's what just frustrated everyone. Right. I mean, certain people right. know have even said they're, you know, need to take a break from baseball or, you know, because of that move. I mean, it's very frustrating as a Brewer fan. So, I mean, I assume all our listeners are huge Brewer fans as well as us. It, it is really frustrating. And, and to know that, I mean, let's just put it this way. If you would have told me going into the offseason, the, the only two free agents the Brewers would sign would be Wade Miley and Brian Anderson. Um, I don't know if there's a a word more than horrific that I could use, but I can't think of it right now. Um, but it's pretty disappointing to say the least. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, for me, it's less about not liking Miley or not liking Anderson. It's, it's to me, it's more, again, the front office, and I hope to be proven wrong, but the front office seemingly has like no plans. I just, it seems like they're not being proactive. It seems like they're not taking the moment to, to address, uh, potential upgrades at certain positions that are clear to even a ca like the most casual of Brewers fans that need to be upgraded. I mean, our offense at absolute best, if you use some metric ranked in the middle of the national league, by many metrics, they rank below average. And I think that for the Brewers not to have addressed the offense uh, this off season in any meaningful way is, is appalling when you've got the starting rotation that, we actually have under contract for this season and it's incredibly frustrating. And, um, you know, several months ago, many Brewer fans, you know, said the, said the same refrain as I've heard other seasons. Well, wait, it's a long off season. Wait, it's a long off season. Clearly something else is brewing. Nothing else is brewing. Like this is it. And I, I you know, we're sitting here at January 30th, uh, Brewers fan fest. Oh wait, no, they canceled that too. But um, so we're, we're already past the point where Brewers Fan Fest would happen and free training is starting in a couple of weeks. And this is where, this is our off season. I mean, this is it. So our big upgrades over the off season uh, in terms of free agency are going to end up being Wade Miley and uh, Brian Anderson. Yeah, I mean, it's very, dis and you could say, well, we're not done yet, but there's really nothing left, left out there free agency wise to make any type of, that's any more, better quality than those two guys so I mean it's very frustrating I I just don't I don't get it I, and I think that they made a decision before the last tra trade deadline they could have kind of went for it and I'm sure they had some offers to trade you know Bryce Trang or Garrett Mitchell or Ethan Small to upgrade their current roster at the time and I think they said well if we do this we're really you know we'll gut our minor our top minors for quite a few years here and then we'll, we'll probably have to if we don't make it this year or next we're gonna have to go into some rebuild so should we do that or should we do we have enough faith in these guys we draft and are developing them and almost on the cost of helping us major level to try to keep contending with what we have and I think that's the, the route they went I don't necessarily know that I agree with that assessment um, of things um, and so again I just don't I mean let's just I'll put it this way 
I went through my pretty much my entire youth with the Brewers, not as a Brewer fan, the Brewers not having anything, even as of a semblance of an ace or a number one pitcher, let alone probably even a number two. And, and plus a decade or two beyond my youth, actually. And the fact yeah. of the matter that right now, entering 2023, the Brewers have, in my opinion, hands down the best pitch, not only an ace, but the best pitcher in baseball, plus two additional aces, in my opinion, with Woodruff and Peralta. And, and then not only that, but some upcoming quality, quality pitchers in Eric Lauer and Aaron Ashby, and that's one heck of a rotation. I mean, what are you doing with the offense right now? I mean, you've just got to question what they've been doing yep. either the last two years. I mean, signing Jackie Bradley Jr., then signing Andrew McCutcheon to fix last year, and now this year, Brian Anderson? This Is this fixing our offense? Absolutely not. I mean, I just don't understand it. Yeah. No, and in fact, we've gone somehow downhill. Um, you know, McCutcheon wasn't even good for us for most of last season. I guess he had a few spurts, but somehow we've we've managed to get worse <laughs> offensively, in my opinion. You've lost McCutcheon, you've lost Renfro, you've lost Wong. All those players are replaceable, except what happens when you don't replace them. I mean, Winker, I guess, is, you know, somewhat of a power threat. I think that, um, you know, we upgraded a catcher with Contreras, but I still think that overall our offense is probably worse uh, going into the 2023 season than it was at the end of the 2022 season. And that's on the front office. Now we could be proven wrong and I hope to be proven wrong. Um, if the kids get, get, get some decent playing time and step up in meaningful ways. But, you know, again, if I'm the front office, I'm not looking for that. Um, I would much rather slide guys, you know, to your point earlier, uh, guys like Terang, if we had, you know, Wong or a different second baseman, um, that had more big league experience, then you can kind of get some of these younger guys uh, into games that have meaningful at-bats, but don't put all the pressure on them as, as starters uh, for a playoff contending team. Right now, that's what we're going to do. I mean, it sounds like we're going to probably throw uh, at least, well, for sure, Mitchell, and I would guess one of our other young outfielders in the mix right away on opening day, maybe as a starter, and probably Terang at some point within the first couple months of the season is going to have to pick up meaningful games as a starter. And that's fine if you're Ryan Braun or if you're somebody with that raw talent and some of these guys might have it, but it, you know, it's just, it's a lot to depend on for sure. One, maybe two, maybe three or more guys of that vintage to step up and carry the team offensively in a year that we're supposed to be riding the best rotation in franchise history uh, to the playoffs. I mean, that is just mind boggling that you would, rely on that when there were numerous options available uh, on a free agent market and probably the trade market as well that the brewers decided to not even pursue uh, from all small accounts. Well, hindsight is 2020, but there's no doubt in my mind, we should have kept Josh Hader, not traded him. We should have yeah. traded a no, whole. No, it's not even slow. hindsight, Craig. We said that at the time. <laughs> I mean, we said it the day of. Well, no, all of us yeah, did. I, I mean, understand, even, but I mean, as far as for got, the organization now, if they were to do yeah. a rewind, I mean, and we should have packaged together all these guys that are bringing as rookies now, most likely, or a package of like three or four of them and brought in like a pretty major middle of the line of bat that was established and possibly young and controllable. And I know we threw out Matt Olson from a couple of years ago. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Someone along his lines yep. who's actually, you know, you could bring in, plug somewhere in the middle of your lap, anywhere where you can fit them. And then, you know, we'd have the other veterans to be able to sign or whatever to, to plug in the other yeah. hole in the roster. But I think to really have that really quality middle, almost franchise type player in the middle order, we just don't have that. I mean, 
Christian Yelich is no longer a franchise player. He's barely just above average regular at this point. Uh, Willie right. Adamas, I think, is really performing above his talent and great credit to him, in my opinion. And, and he could still, you know, even go higher possibly. But in reality, he's not quite a superstar, in my opinion, but he's a definitely a valuable piece to a championship caliber team. Caliber team. Yeah. And so, so we're really missing, I mean, bringing in the rookie catcher, that's, I think it was a really, the, our best move probably in the last two years, but really is that, I, I just don't see these other moves as being difference makers um, at all. Like they're, they're literally like, you know, to me, but signing Brian Anderson and no offense, him is the same as giant signing like Jed Jerko or something. That's not very exciting. <laughs> um, right. Well, and, and yet it somehow is our biggest free agent move of the off season in a year that we're supposed to be contending. I, you know, again, I'm not down on any of the guys that we've brought in this offseason. What I'm down on is the front office not thinking bigger and not not truly going all in. And that to me is a bigger problem. And it, to me, it comes down to a couple of things. Number one, it comes down to a being uh, a, not being proactive and being very reactive. And I think we saw that with the hater trade too, which is basically um, even David Stearns even admitted that publicly. Let alone, um, you know, what what our reporters like. Scott Bartell and Chad Collins found out behind the scenes. And I, I, I think that, you know, the larger issue right now is that ownership is not really committed to putting a world championship quality caliber team on the field. And I've been very supportive of the Adonacio regime over the years. I think that they brought, you know, some very good talent into Milwaukee, but I, I at this point am very much questioning their, their dedication to, actually winning a world series. It seems like they've got sort of that earlier bucks model, the Herb Cole era bucks where they just wanted to contend every year and sort of be in the mix, but yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, they're never going for the jug from, for the jugular. And I, I, you know, you couple that with a lot of the fan, the anti fan friendly things that we discussed on one of our previous podcasts, that, that to me is highly problematic. And, you know, I'm getting to the point where, I, I would probably be supportive of the team changing ownership hands. That's how frustrated I am. Yeah. No. And uh, maybe they'll work. I, I'm not hundred percent convinced. I really believe that uh, we'll probably start the season with Brian Anderson as a regular, you know, regular bats at third, not even platooning, see how he does. Um, and then have Louis Arias starting second baseman. Uh, you also have Owen Miller kind of in the mix, probably off the bench. Um, but, and, and Toro too. Yeah, and, and oh yeah, that's right, Armando. I'm I'm guessing Toro will start at AAA. Uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah. all those guys, uh, Toro, I think is switch hitter. But the rest of those guys I mentioned are all right-handed hitters. So really, Terang would be an ideal platoon partner with either of those. With that being said, when you have a young player like Terang who's 23 years old, he needs every day at bats. I would not want him in a platoon, even if it's the heavy side of a platoon. Or, platoon or whatever like I wouldn't want him in platoon role I wouldn't want him getting every day at bat so my guess is the Brewers might have the same assessment and that therefore they'll start him in the year at AAA if he's hitting gangbusters they'll bring him up and give him every day at bats and and send one of those other guys to the bench or and like you said Louis Arias would be a great swap out into that utility role or if he's hitting better than Anderson then slide him over to third and Anderson goes to the bench Anderson could also get right. some playing time in the corner outfielders which are a little bit unsettled well not with Yelich but obviously the other corner is a little bit unsettled whether or not Tyrone Taylor will lock that that down or Jesse Winker you know between that and DH I think there'll be some at bats to be had so 
I think there's a lot of flexibility yeah. built in the roster, and that's kind of the I call I'll call it the Tampa Rays model that Arnold kind of brought over with him from there. And I get it; it is it really helps with depth and all that stuff. But I, I think there's some work to do here. Um, I want to quick talk about I know we don't have a ton of time, but a little bit about the rotation, a little bit about the bullpen. Let's start with the bullpen. Um, what's going on with the bullpen? <laughs> I, in my opinion, we we lost Josh Hader and we replaced him with Taylor Rogers. We have now lost Taylor Rogers. Who have we replaced him with? Um, no one. Okay, so we need to do that. I'm sorry, but th- at the very minimum, we've got Devin Williams our closer right now. Our setup man is Matt Bush, and that's that's it. I mean, the rest of our bullpen is just some middle relief type guys like Strelacki, you know, Javi Guerra, Holby Milner, you know, and and then you've got long relievers, Jason like- Alexander. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Bryce Wilson, yeah. Adrian Hauser kind of stretch out. We don't really have back at the end of bullpen guys, and we need a big one, in my opinion. And you yeah. know, um, maybe even well, we should point out too, Craig, that we lost that we lost uh, Justin Topa via trade yep. to the Mariners. We lost Trevor Gott via free agency to the Mariners. We lost. We we, we uh, actually Bert just gave up on. It was really nice to have Brad Boxberger at about three point two million. Oh wait. Oh my. Oh my god! Yeah, option. I just said Burke Badenhop. Oh my god! I'm flashback. No, I meant I meant Brad Boxberger. <laughs> Be a free agency to the Cubs. We also lost Burke Badenhop back in the 2013 season to the Red Sox, but that's a different story. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So anyway, I think there's some work to be done there. We definitely need to at least sign or trade for one decent back, like experienced back of the bullpen arm, so to speak, a setup man. Ideally, a lefty like Hader or, 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 or Rogers, because we really don't have outside of, uh, and that I guess that'll just segue into our talk of the of the rotation. Because as of right now, we have way too many rotation members. Do you believe that we're going to listing off, in my opinion, the top six starting candidates? Um, obviously, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta are locked in, and they've got Lauer, uh, Miley, two lefties. You got Ashby, another lefty. That's three lefties, you know, to fill four through six. Um, we don't, and then of course we've got Wilson, Hauser, you even have a uh, gasser at AAA and junk. So you've got some depth there. And Brett, uh, so I, do you think you say the, Miley, do you think it's, do you say Ethan, Ethan Small, Ashby? I mean, all those guys are in the mix. Yeah. Do you think the Brewers plan on opening the season at a six man rotation? And if the answer to that is no, who do you think is left out and left into the bullpen? I think that Hauser could easily make that transition to the bullpen. Um, I think that. You know, he, he's one of those guys that can kind of be leveraged for multiple types of roles. Um, yeah, but just out of the top yeah. six, if we're, if we're not going with, obviously, yeah. the three, the three uh, aces, but I'm between Miley, Miley, Lauer, uh, and Ashby, which one of those would go to the bullpen? Or do we or do, yeah. we do some annotation? I'm, I'm thinking aloud here because Scott's interns did not give me the notes, uh, the pre-production <laughs> notes as they were supposed to. But um, I... It, well, it's not going to be Lauer. Lauer is going to be in the rotation. I, I don't think it's going to be Miley either, for what it's worth. I, <laughs> I think that Miley is going to be our fifth starter. Um, so there was some speculation that Ashby could be sent to the bullpen or even in like a higher leverage. Yeah. But, uh, I think that's a terrible idea. I, I really think that he needs yeah. every after struggling a little bit last year. I think he needs to be in the rotation every at least every five or six days. So. Yeah. It leads me to believe that maybe the missing domino in this whole roster construction for the 2023 season is named Eric Lauer. And ideally, I think our whole offense and rotation could be fixed, obviously not the bullpen, if we traded Eric Lauer for a really solid 
middle of the order youngish bat that can help right away. I'd be yeah, I'd be very supportive of that move. Um, Hauser obviously doesn't have quite the same value, but I'd be supportive of moving either of those guys if we could get you know someone decent uh, in return in terms of a bat, and maybe maybe we could. Um, that being said, because you said it means it will not happen because uh, the Brewers front office always does the opposite, <laughs> whether on draft day here at the trade deadline uh, or anytime in the hot stove. So, uh, but I would totally agree with that assessment. Lauer's got a ton of value. I think, um, you know, he is a solid starter. He's worked hard. He's gotten to a, a point where, you know, he put up some really great numbers, especially last year in the first half and even in the second half was was decent and reliable enough. Um, this is somebody that the Brewers have relied on to start big playoff games before. You can agree or disagree with that decision, but that has been the case historically. Um, so, you know, Lauer, Lauer would fit, I would say, as a number, as high as a number two in some teams' rotation. And, and you know, you could go as low as four in other teams, uh, depending on the quality of their starting rotation. I don't think he's quite at eighth level, although he did he did pitch like that in April and May of last year, actually. Um, and did carry the Brewers rotation when, you know, others were suffering through some injuries. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Lauer. I would also not hesitate to trade Lauer uh, for a bigger need. And I think now might be sure. the time to do Now might be the time to do yeah, that. Yeah, straight high. Because high. he's actually arbitration eligible only for this season and next, as well as uh, uh, Burns and Woodruff. So maybe he won't be as big of a return, but I think, to save face for this year and next uh, Brewers teams, I think trading him makes the most sense. Uh, whether or not they've explored doing that, I don't know. Whether or not they love Eric Lauer and want to extend him, that's not, I, I don't know any of those. But all I know is yeah. it's also nice well, to have this awesome rotation depth, so to speak. Uh, yeah. But with that being said, yeah. like our offenses is not fixed. It's still very broken to me. So Well, that's, that's true. And as far as his relationship with the front office goes, we have gotten reports from our anonymous source uh, Tom or Thomas Carter uh, that said that Lauer was very upset with the Brewers front office at the deadline last year when Josh Hader was traded. Uh, and some of those comments got out publicly, but you know that when he was out with our anonymous source, Tom Carter, that, you know, he, he went into even greater detail about how upset he was about the Hader trade. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and I know TC, um, Again, once if you could possibly refrain from saying either his first or last name, because he, he's worried that uh, that could possibly reveal his identity. I, I disagree, but um, and, and obviously you do too. Huh. But, uh, anyway, he, he'll probably stop getting strange world at some point if uh, if we don't stop. So just a little okay, little okay. there, a little tip. Um, but yeah, right. so thank you. Yeah, I think again, Hauser at this point really doesn't have a spot in the rotation. Um, but he should he would have valuable valuable to the team that could, you know, um use him in the rotation. I think he he's shown that he could be a pretty quality, even if it's a number four or five back end starter. I think that a lot of teams have would place a lot of value in that uh, with how cheap he'd come. So um, you know, I, I think I just don't I don't know. I think they're relying a lot. Like we said, I think the whole assessment of this podcast is that they're really going to rely on their um, their rookies to provide some offense that they've been lacking. And so if uh, hopefully Garrett Mitchell wins the rookie of the year or Bryce Frang and actually the sleeper name that I'm going to throw out there. And I know when our next podcast, we're going to do our top 30 future brewers and I'm not going to give it away, but yeah. I know that our, our minor league house, um, Brandon has this Brandon. player that I'm about to mention in the top, very near the top of his top 30, uh, and that's Sal Freelick. 
Um, oh, yeah. The dude's that, hit that over 330 really... in the minor leagues right. both years he's been in the league after being a, a high first-round draft pick. And according to Brandon, again, not to give away too much from the next episode, he feels that Sal Freelich will have a 10-plus year in the major leagues as a, as one of the best leadoff hitters in the majors. And so he calls him the igniter wow. 2.0. So it's a little bit. So I think that he is possibly ready to contribute. He could be a huge factor on, on the Brewers 2023 season. I'll just leave it at that. And we'll see what happens. So. That's great. No, I'm, I'm very excited to see guys like Freelich. Um, uh, I think, I think Joey Weimer is another name to be looking at, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that more in our next uh, podcast episode. So it, it, it'll be an exciting one. Uh, not only will you and I be back, but um, it sounds like Brandon and uh, I know that Chad and Scotty had to take off today for something. Where, are they on assignment or where is Chad and Scott today? That's a good question. I, I know that uh, they were shoveling snow both in, uh, I think, in Green Greenfield and also in Henderson, Nevada, for some reason. So they weren't able to <laughs> join us. But uh, we should probably check. Well, for next episode, I'm sure all those guys will be back. Yeah, let's hope so. Definitely. So yep. exciting future stuff. And hopefully we can have some future pl- uh, player and former player interviews for you guys coming up in the, in the off season here still. And uh, yeah, so stay tuned. We really appreciate you turning in to listen, turn, uh, tuning in to listen here. Uh, it's the Brook Review podcast. And uh, again, yeah. let's let's be positive. Yeah, just, just on that note, really quick, Craig, sorry to interrupt, but uh, we are close to, to locking in uh, one former player specifically who I don't think many uh, Brewers media outlets have, have talked with. Um, so it should be an exciting episode. I'm not going to say the name yet, just until it's uh, for sure confirmed and locked in. But um, I will say this, he was a contributing member for a Brewers postseason team. Very nice. All right. Well, hope springs eternal. Pitchers and catchers come up here in about two or so weeks. Very exciting. And uh, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in and go Brewers. Stay classy, Wisconsin. Go Brewers. Stay classy, guys. Do, 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 do.